bid you welcome to our evening gospel service and we're going to commence our service by turning to our opening hymn, hymn number 227, Is There a Heart That Is Waiting, Longing for Pardon Today, Hear the Glad Message Proclaiming, Jesus Is Passing This Way. We'll stand together, make this our opening hymn, and let's sing our very best, please. come to his infinite love. We're going to ask Reverend Roy Stewart, uh, who worships with us here, and his dear wife, if her brother will come while we're singing this last hymn, this last verse of this hymn, and open in prayer. You may be aware that our congregation in Cookstown has had an anniversary mission to celebrate 50 years of the witness and testimony in Cookstown. I was just talking to our brother this morning, and he has laboured in Cookstown for over 33 years and uh, it's nice to have two retired ministers in the pulpit and so we're going to ask our brother Stuart, a faithful servant of the, of the Saviour, to come and to lead us to the throne of grace in prayer. But let's sing this fourth verse, come to thy only redeemer. You have to come to Christ and I trust tonight that there will be those who will come to rejoice in his so great salvation.
And now let's bow together, please, in prayer as we seek the Lord for his help and blessing upon us tonight. Our dear Father in heaven, we bow again in thy holy presence this Sabbath day. We do so in the Savior's great name. We thank thee we can come to thee and seek thee and call upon thee. Thou hast told us in thy word to come boldly unto the throne of grace, and there we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We thank you, Lord, that we have liberty in thy presence. Mixed with godly fear and reverence as we bow before thee. For thou art God, and there is none like unto thee. Thou art from eternity to eternity, the unchanging triune Jehovah. And we bow humbly and reverently in thy presence, and pray that thou be pleased to hear us and answer prayer. Bless us, meeting tonight, we pray. Give us a real sense of thy presence with us. For it's thy presence that makes the feast. We pray that thou wilt take thy servant up and use him for thy glory, as he would minister thy word, and do him with power from on high. And grant the gospel will go forth with power. If they're in the gathering who are not saved, O God, be gracious to them. Before it's forever too late, give them grace to call upon thee. And we do thank thee for that great grace that can lift the worst of sinners and make them the children of God. We thank you, Lord, for saving grace and saving power. We thank thee for keeping power. We thank thee, Lord, that we can come to thee, to the God who hears and answers prayer. And every one who calls upon him, we thank you, Lord, your ears open unto us. If we were in the presence of some earthly sovereign, we have been told when to speak, how to speak, and so on. But we thank you that was told us to come boldly, to speak freely, that we can enter into thy presence and make our wants and requests known. So hear us, Lord, tonight, and bless us, and bless your word, and bless your word throughout our land and nation. And be pleased, O God, to call many in these days out of darkness into thy marvelous light. Speak, Lord. We live in a day of ungodliness. We live in a day when many who are supposed to be thine turn away from the truth. O God, help us to love the truth, keep the truth, preach the truth, live as becometh the gospel, that men may see and know that there's a Savior for sinners that can lift them out of the pit of sin and make them the children of God. So hear us tonight, Lord. We commit the meeting to thee. We pray you'll bless us and be with us. Bless Mervyn as he leads the meeting. And grant that all that's said and done in this house tonight might be for the honor and the glory of thy great and thy wonderful name. Remember those who are not well tonight. Lay your good hand upon them and heal them. Draw near to them, Lord, and give them thy help. Help them, Lord, to know the sufficiency of thy grace, the wonder of thy power, and to know there's a God who cares for them in the deepest need of their hearts. So, Lord, hear us, be with us. Thank you for all your love and kindness to us. Thank you for saving grace and saving power. Let that be the experience of others this night as well. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Mr. Stewart for leading us to the throne of grace and prayer. We're going to sing together another hymn, Out of Christ Without a Saviour, Oh, Can It, Can It Be, Like a Ship Without a Rudder on a Wild and Stormy Sea. The hymn 236, standing while we sing again, please. <laughs>
I bid you welcome to our evening gospel service in the Saviour's name, not only to those who are with us here in the service in the building, but also to those who join us via Sermon Audio, Facebook and YouTube. We bid you welcome in the Saviour's name, and we trust and pray that you'll know the Lord's blessing, even as we gather together in the house of God. Do remember, refreshments will be served after the service, and we trust and pray that if you can stay, you'll join us for that time of fellowship together. Remember, Tuesday evening sees the recommencement of the Youth Challenge at 7pm. Do remember to pray for this work, pray for the workers, pray for those who diligently and faithfully in every detail of the Youth Challenge uh, ensure that the boys and girls are brought in safely, the service, the meeting that takes place, and that they're taken home again. So do remember this work at the throne of grace. Then Wednesday evening is Our Lady's Fellowship Night, 8pm. The guest speaker is Mrs. Pamela Fitzsimons from the Muller Glass Congregation, and the singers will be Anna and Grace Maternahan. So do ladies come. I know these meetings have been an encouragement and a blessing to you. I invite others to join with you on Wednesday evening here in the church. Thursday night is our midweek uh, time of prayer uh, when we meet for the time of the study of God's word and the time of prayer around the throne of grace. Special prayer for a Christian school on Thursday evening. Then Friday we have the Youth Fellowship and the guest speaker will be our brother Chrissy Blair. I'm sure Chrissy's looking forward to that. He'll have no nerves, I'm sure. And we trust and pray that the Lord will bless our dear brother as he comes to speak to the young people on Friday evening. Also for members of session, uh, it's a presbytery uh, night. Presbytery meets on Friday evening, and that'll be by Zoom. And again, Saturday morning, 11 a.m., the open air in the centre of our town. We trust that you'll continue to remember this work. We are much appreciative to those who come and stand with us in the open air, and do pray that the Lord will continue to bless this work and our brother John as he leads in the ministry of the open air and we trust that the Lord's presence will be with us on Saturday morning. Next Lord's Day morning, the early time of prayer at 8 a.m. Sunday school, 10.30 a.m. Bible class, 10.45. When Lord willing, we'll commence a series, a study in the book of Leviticus, views of Christ in types and shadows. It's interesting that in all the books in the Bible, the book of Leviticus is the one that has the most where God speaks. In fact, I was just reading this week, if you had a red letter version of the Bible, the same as we have for the words of Christ in the New Testament, the book of Leviticus would be almost completely in red. And so, however, it is a book that sometimes is shied away from us as God's people uh, because we think it's difficult. But we trust that as we come to the Bible class on Sunday morning, and commence this series that the Lord will bless us. Maybe you don't come to the Bible class, and maybe you think it's only for a certain age group. Well, it's open uh, to, there's no age limit in coming to the Bible class. And so if you want to come and join with us as we study God's Word, you will be made most welcome. Morning worship service, our brother Reverend Park will be again back to minister to us God's Word and continue the meditations from Mark's Gospel. Then the evening is our family night service, being the first Sunday in a new month, and the testimony will be from our brother Adrian Coffey from Portavogue. Mr. Park shared uh, this little uh, piece of information about our brother, how that he was brought to Christ. He was a fisherman out of the port in Portavogue, and how the Lord rescued him and saved him by his grace. So come, encourage others to join with us next Sabbath evening in the family night service. Supper will be served. Ladies, could you bring the half a loaf of sandwiches and a dozen buns? Just a preliminary announcement from our superintendent, our brother Wesley. The Sabbath school social will be on Friday the 31st of March at 7.30pm. So do remember uh, that time that we'll gather and we trust that we will be blessed as we gather on the Sabbath school social. Just before our brother comes to minister to us God's word, we're going to turn to the hymn 242, Sinner, How Thy Heart 
is troubled. God is coming very near. I wonder tonight, has your heart ever been troubled? Have you ever sat under the convicting power of the Spirit of God? If you haven't, there's something to worry about. And I trust tonight that you'll know, if you're in this service unsaved, you'll know what it is to be troubled in your heart. The Spirit of God will work. Do you hide that deep emotion? Do you check that falling tear? Think about these lovely words, words of challenge as we sing this hymn, standing together while we sing, please. It is a joy for us tonight to welcome to the pulpit Reverend Alan Smiley, a retired minister of Valley Zion. 
Free Presbyterian Church. My brother's a former deputy moderator of our presbytery and someone who is highly esteemed and loved in our presbytery and in our denomination. Brother, you're welcome in the Saviour's name. And we're going to ask Mr. Smiley to come now to read God's word and to preach the gospel to us. Thank you. Thank our brother for leading the service for us tonight, and it's a delight for us to be here tonight to have fellowship with you, for my wife and I to be here, and we trust that the Lord will continue to bless this work here in this corner of the vineyard. People keep saying to me, um, how are you enjoying retirement? Uh, well, I'm not sure what it is. Um, I think in my case, and many other retired ministers, it's reassignment. And, uh, of course, we're still involved and uh, busy in the Lord's work. Good to see Reverend Stewart and his wife here tonight as well, Mrs. Kearns, of course, and uh, many, many others that we know in the congregation here to have fellowship with you. And we trust the Lord will draw near and the Lord will bless and the Lord will work uh, even in our midst tonight. We're reading from the Word of God from Acts chapter 4 and beginning to read at the verse number one. Acts chapter 4 and the verse number 1. Acts 4 and the verse number 1. And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them. And being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead, and they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now even tight. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about five thousand. And it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had sent them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have ye done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he has made hope, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you hope. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against him. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it but that it spread no further among the people. Let us straightly threaten them, that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorify God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. Amen. And we know that God will bless to us the reading of His inspired inerrant and infallible word. Let us bow together 
in a word of prayer, please. Let us seek the Lord for His blessing upon the Word of God as it is proclaimed even this evening. Our gracious God and loving Father, we come now to Thee and to the preaching of Thy Word. I am trusting Thee for power. Thine shall never fail. Words that Thou Thyself hast given must and shall prevail. We ask in Jesus' name and for God's eternal glory. Amen. I turn your thoughts tonight to the theme, God's way of salvation. And in doing so, I turn you to one of the great texts of God's Word. There are many great texts, of course, but here is one of them. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Peter was a mighty preacher of the Word of God. Think of that great sermon that he preached on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, and the endowment of power that was upon him. He was filled with the Holy Ghost that day. And through that one sermon, 3,000 souls were saved. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. And here again in Acts chapter 4, Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit again. He's anointed again. He's endued with power again. And it says, Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. And he's speaking unto the rulers of Israel, the rulers of the people and elders of Israel. And in this preaching, and in the preaching of the other apostles, we discover that it was a Christ-centered ministry. The Lord Jesus Christ was at the heart of what they had to say. Look at verse 10, for example. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man, that's the man of Acts 3, stand before you whole. Verse 11, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. You see, the preaching of Peter was all about Christ. It was all about His person. It was all about His power. It was all about giving the Lord Jesus Christ the preeminence. And then he comes to the crux of the matter here in verse 12. And see the emphasis here upon being saved and the only way whereby a soul can be saved. The only way whereby you can be saved tonight as you listen to this gospel service. And the explanation is concisely and clearly given. It is applied in a very personal and in a very pointed and yet in a very powerful manner. And I pray earnestly that in the closing moments of this meeting, God, by His Holy Spirit, will apply His Word personally to your heart. And that ere this meeting closes, that you will be irresistibly drawn to Christ, and that you will hear the effectual call of the gospel and be saved as you listen to this sermon tonight on God's way of salvation. There are several things that I want to draw your attention to as we look at this text tonight. First of all, I want you to see the singularity here. 
Neither is there salvation in any other. It is the case in the world in which we live that the mindset of people are on a whole host of things. As they face the problems and challenges of life, they're thinking on a multitude of things. Those things that are pleasant to the sight, those things that are pleasing to the flesh, that seem to bring to them some pleasure and satisfaction. And if one thing doesn't satisfy, then they move on to something else and to something else. And often it is a multitude of things at once, and their hearts are divided. It's like someone throwing up all these balls into the air at one time and trying to catch them. It's an impossible task. Men and women and young people are fascinated by the things that the world has to offer. And they're saying, this is the fix that I want. This is the person I must follow. This is the program for me. Here is the place that I must go, or the places that I want to be. I must party with my friends. I must eat, drink, and be merry. I must live for the moment. Haven't we heard all those things? And perhaps you're here tonight or listening to this service, and that's exactly how you've been involved in this world. And you're all over the place, trying to fill that void and that vacuum that exists within you. And the result is confusion and chaos. And men and women are at sixes and sevens trying to make sense of it all, and their minds are pickled by all that is going on, filled with perplexity, following after this and that and the other thing, trying to solve the problems of life, grasping at this and grasping at that, and grasping at the other thing. But all oh, it's grasping at straws. And you're left disappointed tonight. You're left disillusioned tonight. Even in the depths of despair, listen to what Peter says in our text. Neither is there salvation in any other. Focus on this, Peter is saying. Focus on Him. Focus on Christ. That is the context of what Peter is saying here. You need the right focus not a focus upon the world, for it will disappoint you. The pleasures of sin only last for a season. The fashion of this world passeth away. The Word of God says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 17, and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. You see, the things of this world are fleeting things. They are fading things. Taste this, the world says. Try this, the world says. Look at this, the world says. Listen to this, the world says. But these things pass, and you're left empty. The positions that the world offer are temporary positions. Its popularity fades away too. The prosperity that people look to and that the world offers to them doesn't last either. And none of these things provide what you're searching for as far as your heart is concerned and the need of your heart. There's still that aching void that this world can never fill. Peter says here, neither is there salvation in any other. 
Aren't you looking for the wrong people? Aren't you looking in the wrong places? None but Christ can satisfy. There's none other name for me. There's love and life and everlasting joy. Lord Jesus found in me. And so we have the singularity here. Neither is there salvation in any other. But then there's something else here. There's the Savior. For there is none other name under heaven given among men. Verse 10 says the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And so we're brought here tonight to the person of the Savior. And we present to you tonight the person of Christ. That's what Peter did here. Man fades into the background. Man is not seen. But the Lord Jesus Christ is to the fore. The Lord Jesus Christ is the one who is seen. And in the ministry of the apostles, whether it was Peter or Paul or others, it is the person of Christ that was preached. They would have us see no one but Jesus only. Look, for example, at Acts chapter 5, verse 42, and daily in the temple and in every house they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Again, Paul at Ephesus, chapter 20 of Acts, verse 21, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, Paul writing to the church at Rome, Romans 1, 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Corinthians he wrote, we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, the name of the Savior. Jesus Christ, we present to you now in this gospel service tonight, the person of Christ. Let me ask you tonight, do you know this person? Do you know the person of Christ? Have you a personal relationship with Him? Do you know Him as your Savior tonight? If not, I trust you will come to know Him now, the person of the Savior. But we think also of the power of the Savior. Look at verse 10. By the name or by the power or authority of Jesus Christ, the senses. And what power there is in the name of Jesus. He is God, my friends. Very God. Of very God. God manifest in flesh. People will mention names of religious leaders in this world down through the periods of history. But there is no power in those names. There is no power in the name of any man. Even not the great saints of God but there is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, my friend, what power is in His name tonight. The Bible says here, by the name of Jesus Christ, of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by Him doth this man stand before you whole. Verse 3, or chapter 3 and verse 6, of Acts, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. In the name of Christ, this man was delivered. Have you known the power of Christ delivering your soul from sin, setting you free, liberating you from the bondage of sin, and setting you free? If not, I pray that tonight 
you will experience that power that ere you leave this service tonight, spiritually, you will be completely whole. That you will know the saving power of the Lord Jesus Christ. The power of the Savior. But then we have the purpose of the Savior. He came into this world to seek and to save those that were lost. No one else can do this. Only the Lord Jesus Christ can. Matthew 1.21 Thou shalt call His name Jesus, for He shall save His people from their sins. Many there are who have been able to achieve much in the world. Their names have been written down as those who have accomplished great feats. They've been recognized and acknowledged. But only Jesus can save the soul from sin. Only Jesus can prepare the soul for heaven. Only Jesus can transform a life and make that person a new creature. The Lord Jesus Christ, down through the centuries of time, has saved multitudes of souls. And thank God He's continuing to do it today. A soul here, a soul there, a soul yonder, maybe scores, even hundreds. God is adding to this church. God is still saving souls today. We thank God for that. He can save you tonight. He can save your soul. You can join that innumerable company of the saints of God. You can be sure of heaven tonight as if you were in it. You can trust the Savior tonight, the purpose of the Savior. But then we think also of the passion of the Savior. We think of the cross we think of the work that Christ came to do. We think of the death that the Savior died. We think of the finished work of Calvary. Without this, souls could not be saved, but He has completed the work of salvation. When He laid down His life upon the altar of Calvary for sinners such as you and I, He died that we might be forgiven. He died to make us good that we might go at last to heaven saved through His precious blood. He laid down His life, my friend, voluntarily He laid it down in order that you might live, that you might be saved through His precious blood. Oh, that you might come to Him now. Will you come to Him, sinner, tonight with all of your burden of sin? And know that burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Come to the Savior tonight. But you know, my friend, we think about the salvation. You see, our text says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given amongst men, whereby we must be saved. Notice the emphasis there. We must be saved. You see, my friend, we see the necessity of it. The Bible says ye must be born again. It's a must for every man, woman, and child. No matter where you come from, what your background is, what your station is in life, you must be saved in order to enter into heaven. For only the saved are in heaven. Lots and lots of people think they will get into heaven in their own way, on their own terms. And even there are many who stand in pulpits today who would let people believe that that is so. But that's not what the Bible teaches, friend. 
The Bible says in Revelation 21, verse 24, and the nations of them that are saved shall walk in the light of it and walk in the light of heaven. No one else. Only the saved will be in heaven. Are you saved tonight? Oh, you may, may have made great preparation for the future of your family and for their well-being and for their prosperity and for many other things, which is fine and good. But have you made preparation for your soul? Have you made preparation for eternity? You need to make that preparation. It's the most important preparation of all. It's a must. It's a must. The Bible says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It's a definite must, the necessity of it. But then I want you to think about the nature of it. You see, salvation involves repentance, turning away from sin, forsaking sin, doing an about turn, turning from sin to the Savior. The Bible teaches us in the 13th chapter of Luke, it mentions it on two occasions there, verses 3 and 5 of that portion, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. You must repent. You can't have your sin. You must turn from it. If you're to be a Christian, if you're to be saved, you have to turn from your sin. That's what the prodigal did. In Luke chapter 15, he turned from his sin. He came to himself, the Bible says. And with confession in his lips and in his heart, he came to the Father. He repented. And the Father received him with joy and gladness. He was accepted of the Father. And my friend, tonight, if you repent of your sin, if you turn from it tonight, if you forsake it, the Father in heaven will receive you. You'll be accepted into his family, into his kingdom. Can you come tonight in repentance? But then it involves receiving Christ. Inviting the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart and life. Will you do that now, tonight? Oh, you've spent your life refusing Him, rejecting Him, rebelling against Him, trampling underfoot the precious blood of Christ. That's the way to ruin, my friend. That's the way to a lost and Christless soul. That's the way to eternal judgment. By receiving him now, you can be saved. The Bible says very simply and very clearly in John chapter 1, verse 12, but to as many as received him, to them give he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. Will you receive Christ tonight? I pray you will. It means being reconciled to him. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 20, be you reconciled to God. The sinner by nature is afar off from God. He's alienated from the life of God. He's separated from God because of his sin. But through what Christ has done upon the cross, there's a way back to God from the dark paths of sin. There's a door that is open, and you may come in at Calvary's cross, it's where you begin when you come as a sinner to Jesus. And will you come that way tonight? Be reconciled to God. You can be saved tonight. This very moment. Way back over 50 years ago as a young lad he came to Christ. I refer to it again and again because it's so precious to me as it is precious to every true child of God the moment we're saved. 
I often pass a house on the Ravenhill Road in Belfast. Sometimes I have to slow up to stop at the traffic lights, and there's the house, and there's the room still there where I sought the Lord as a young lad. And friend, I rejoice in that experience, being reconciled to God. Can you be reconciled tonight? My friend, as we think about this tonight, we think about the now of it. You see, this is an urgent matter. This word must here in our text would convey, surely that to us, don't delay, don't hesitate, don't procrastinate. Think of that word there in 2 Corinthians 6 and 2, behold now is the accepted time, behold now is the day of salvation, two beholds, something very important, two nows. In that text, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We go to the book of Hebrews there in the earlier chapters. We discover today you hear his voice. It's repeated in verses there, the early chapters of Hebrews. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Respond to the Savior. Respond to the gospel now. Settle the matter of salvation now. You say, what about tomorrow, preacher? What about next week? Tomorrow is not guaranteed to any of us. Don't wait tonight. Settle the matter tonight. The opportunity to be saved is before you. You may not have that opportunity one moment from now or five minutes from now. Time is short. In Ballygown, just down for where I ministered for 18 years, it's a roundabout. Big church hall there. Old, old building on the top of it. The words, time is short. Many people pass that road every day, hundreds of people. Very busy road. Saintfield to Cumber, Belfast to Ballygan, whatever. Time's short. How many stop to think? About eternity. Do you stop to think tonight? And to realize that God's way of salvation is plain. And simple that even the youngest child here tonight can understand. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. May God bless his word to your heart tonight. Let's bow in prayer, and our brother will come and conclude the service. As we bow in prayer, if God has spoken to you tonight, I give the invitation for you to come to Christ. You don't need a preacher. You can come just as you are, just where you are. Cry to God. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Lord, save me. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If God has spoken to you tonight, do call on the Lord's name. But we'd like to help you. And we're here to help you at the door or during the time of refreshments, whatever it is, speak to us. Speak to some other Christian. We'd gladly show you from God's Word how you can be saved. And know absolutely beyond shadow of a doubt you're a child of God. Father, apply thy Word by the power of thy Spirit and bring souls to know thee tonight. We pray in Jesus' name. For God's eternal glory. Amen. Our closing hymn is the hymn 273. I hear thy welcome voice that calls me, Lord, to thee. For cleansing in thy precious blood had flowed.
on Calvary. experience of some dear soul in the service tonight that they will say I am coming now coming Lord to thee we thank thee for the gospel that has been plainly preached we thank thee for thy servant that you've brought in our midst tonight and above all tonight we thank thee for the one who is our saviour we thank thee that neither is there salvation in any other we rejoice tonight that he is the lovely Son of God, the one who loved us and gave himself for us. And our loving Father, as we part now one from the other, we pray that there will be none that will leave this service, that they will have made their preparation to be with Christ. We pray and ask these things in the Saviour's name. Amen. 